This is Write, Think, Teach, a podcast brought to you by Writing Across the Curriculum, a program in the Center for the Study and Teaching of Writing at The Ohio State University. I know even at Finley, when I teach faculty writers, I'll say, let's have a 30-day period on this thing, and it's going to be terrible. It'll be like a juice cleanse, but we're going to all get over it, and you're going to get rid of that yucky project and get it off your desk. You can do something that you really want to. Welcome to Write, Think, Teach. I'm Michael Blancato. And I'm Min-Suk Choi. Composing written work can often prove to be a challenge, even to those of us who study and teach writing. To help faculty and students think about strategies for overcoming difficulties they face during the writing process, we are going to hear from Kristen Tully, professor of English and director of a master's in rhetoric and writing program at the University of Finley. Her advice may be helpful to those of you looking to adopt more effective writing strategies to finish your own projects. You may even be able to offer some of these tips to your own students who struggle to complete assignments in your class. Professor Tully is the author of How Writing Faculty Write, Strategies for Process, Product, and Productivity, a book that features 15 interviews with superstars in the field of rhetoric and composition. These interviewees include past and present journal editors, disciplinary organization presidents, and intellectual leaders. The thread that really ties these writing superstars together is that they are prolific. They produce a volume of work that many of us find admirable, shocking, or both. By publishing her interviews with these folks, Professor Tully has made the writing practices of these superstars a bit more transparent. In a few moments, we are going to hear some of the key insights and strategies Professor Tully gained from interviewing these scholars and practitioners of writing. But first, here's Professor Tully describing her inspiration for writing the book. Uh, just as a side reading project, I found this old book in the library, and it was the Paris Review interviews, and it was, you know, from 1958, I believe. Anyway, I was just kind of interested in this, this interviews, uh, these interviews with people like Hemingway and stuff like that. And once I did it and I read these interviews, they were all about the writing process, but they were with novelists and creative writers. And at the time when I read it, I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Why don't we ever do this with our own writing processes and rec comp? I don't know this about anybody in my field. And we make writing and we make the textbooks. And I've never had this conversation with anyone. So that's where I got the idea and then did kind of the same project where I set out to interview the big names in the field, just like the Paris Review did. Professor Tully's book is the first of its kind. Although scholars in rhetoric and composition have long discussed the need for publications about the composing practices of experts in the field, how writing faculty write is the first text to address this need. And as Professor Tully highlights, the desire to hear more about these productivity strategies is strongly felt, even among the people she interviewed. This is one thing that was really interesting about it. I mean, when I asked these, you know, kind of superstars to do these interviews, no one, I didn't have a single person turn me down. And everybody was like, well, no one's ever asked me that before. Or sometimes I would get, you know, I talk about this with other, you know, other people in the field. And we kind of talk about it over dinner every once in a while, like, what are you working on? What are some things? But they say, we don't really talk about like, okay, you know, what, what do you do like at 10 a.m. when you're supposed to be writing? That's your sweet spot. And it's not sweet today. And it's not doing anything for you. You know, how do you get going again? Like, we talk a lot about that. And, you know, you find out that with these scholars, they don't, um, nobody's really asked them about it. They might be like secretly talking about it. 
And I will say one thing that was really kind of funny about it is that a lot of people participated in the project, you know, when I told them that they were all going to get a copy of the book and they're like, oh, good, who else is in it? Because they wanted to know, you know, who else was, you know, who else was telling them about their writing process. So, I mean, they, they do want to know. I don't know why it's been such a secret. While the specific writing productivity practices and strategies may differ from scholar to scholar, Professor Tully identifies three main takeaways that kept returning throughout her interviews. There's really three, so and they're quick to talk about, but one would just be that they're all really thinking rhetorically. And what I mean by that is they're already thinking about which journal, who wants to read this, who's the audience, but they're not even thinking about it just on a strategic level. They're thinking about it on a genuine level. So so they're thinking about particular people in the field. How could I talk to them about this? And then where might be the best space to do it? So, uh, you know, we kind of know that happens anyway. I mean, we've seen this with successful faculty and other practices that they they do think about a journal and audience and already start like kind of streaming down. But at least with a thinking rhetorically, I mean, I feel like they genuinely are like because they have to think about, well, there's six people doing this kind of work in the field of rhetoric and composition. What ways would be the most appropriate to talk to them and, and go from there? So that's one. A uh, second one would be that they're already, as they're drafting, they're already putting the structure in around it. And I think that's partially because they think rhetorically. So they already know, you know, if they know they're going to write for, say, the three C's or RSQ, they already know kind of what that's going to look like. You know, they know what the shape looks like. They know what the section headings look like. Um, but also, just as they draft, they do insert a lot of commentary to themselves to come back later so they can keep a master structure going. And it's kind of hard to explain on a podcast, but it's really cool how they do it. And so many of them do it. So that would be a second thing. The last one is that um, I think they do a lot with getting focused very quickly. And I feel like that's the nature of our job. Just so many of us are WPAs or writing center directors or uh, uh, WAC coordinators. You know, you have a meeting, you have a class, you have five minutes here, you have two minutes there, and they're very good at toggling and dipping in and out of projects. As a writing scholar herself, Professor Tully also has a writing habit that she uses to sustain writing projects. Her response highlights that some people need to find a space and a place where they can comfortably compose their work. So one thing that I do that nobody said is that I am still an old school library writer. I love our library. It is like a 1968 riot proof box. It is ugly. And I love that thing. Like I go up there on the second floor and I do, I write from, you know, some, I go like 10 to 12 or one to three and I just write, you know, four days a week, five days a week up there. I don't write on weekends. And I didn't see a lot of that. I saw more of the, I write in the morning early, or I'm a binge person, or I, and this would be like something like Danielle DeVos um, and Chris Anson, a couple other people, how they leave a bunch of projects open and they just kind of toggle in and, Cindy Self, they toggle in and out of those projects all day long. I'm not opposed to doing that, and I could do that probably, but for me, I just I like the two-hour block. I like to just do it when I'm going to do it. I like to be in the library. I get a cup of coffee. I kind of like jack into the thing, and I just go do it, and I didn't really see anybody like me, but I mean, I have a reason why. It's not that I need the library. I need the quiet. I just need not to be at my desk where people can find me. I need not to be at home, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't see anybody that did that, and I feel like there probably are some old school library writers that still like have, you know, undergrad habits and do it, but I didn't see any in this book. Professor Tully has also adopted a few new writing strategies from the interviews she conducted. Here, she describes one particularly helpful writing approach that she calls semi-drafting, which she picked up from Chris Anson, professor of English at North Carolina State. 
One would be, and I'm, I'm hoping this is Chris Anson. I think it was Chris Anson. Um, there is one where he talks about doing like a semi-draft where he'll put brackets and write notes to himself in there. I was always lazy and never wrote the note. So like if I'm typing something in Microsoft Word, I'm drafting along, everything's going great and I have a brilliant idea. I'm more of like a, let's just slap a highlight on that. I know I got to come back to it later, but I never say what it is or where I was in my brain at the point of that. And so sometimes I'll come back to a draft. I'm faced with like 20 highlights that I think mean something, but then I'm like, I don't even know why I stopped there. That's brilliant <laughs> or something like that. So, or not really brilliant, but you know, it was just, it, it's, I don't ever write the note. And so I'm trying to think more like him and write the note in there. So at least I know like, oh, well, here's why I stopped. And I knew I had a problem here because I forgot this source or I didn't say anything about the relationship with revising or, you know, I just, I, mean, I haven't been dropping those in, but that is one thing I'm trying to pay more attention to and do more of. One of the more surprising findings for Professor Tully was how writing faculty thought about and addressed writer's block. Those pesky situations where we just don't quite know how to proceed with a writing project. Professor Tully's conversations with writing faculty revealed how a shift in attitude may help writers persevere through those writing slowdowns and stoppage. One that surprised me a lot was, uh, and this is more of an attitude, and I do talk about this in the book a little bit, but the attitude that writing faculty have, and I do think this is a disciplinary strength, we have it because we feel that these faculty in this book feel more comfortable with their relationship with writing and they're kinder to themselves about it. So if you're writing and a piece isn't working, a lot of them say, well, that, that just means I need to walk around and think about it some more. I need to drive my car to, you know, 10 more trips to campus before I'm going to get it. And the interview that talks about this really well is Joe Harris's interview. It's really, it's a beautiful interview. And he talks about how when he's thinking about something, sometimes he'll say, I'm just not ready to write it down yet, but I need to walk around, you know, with my dogs and think about it some more. And, and I saw a lot of that, that people are very kind with themselves if they can't do it. And they just assume that's how writing is. It comes, it's like waves. It comes back, it goes away, it comes back, it always comes back. They just don't have that like sense of panic about, I'm never going to be able to write again. I'm blocked. I'm never going to be able to do it. And so I did ask about writer's block, but I didn't get very many good answers on it because most people said they didn't have it. But if you look at what they said in a traditional sense, they actually did have what maybe we would call writer's block where they can't write for days on end or something like that. But none of them viewed it that way. And they were very just accepting that this is the way that writing is and this is what we should teach students. And yeah, so it was, it was a surprising finding to me. I thought them they would be more machine-like in the way they put out the goods, but they weren't. Some of us have a more, let's call it complicated relationship with writer's block. Fortunately, Professor Tully has more advice on how to deal with writing projects that we can't quite seem to complete. One of the strategies that I liked in there was um, Dwayne Rowan talked a little bit about having sort of like an open journal that he does with his wife every morning. It's, it's very cool, like how they write back and forth. But he also talks about how he thinks about writing and he does more journal type writing. And the way that he explained it, it, it's just a very open-ended thing where they don't even have to be writing about the topic that they're working on because that might be the source of the anxiety. Like if you've got this paper about XYZ or an article you want to do, maybe that's not the thing you're supposed to be writing back there. And the idea is that you sort of fall in love with writing again. So he has a, his chapter is really good for talking about that. Um, another thing that I think would be really good in there is that um, at least at least half of the interviewees basically said, if you have a project that's not fun, abandon it. 
if you can, you know, if, I mean, obviously if you're working your way towards tenure and you're kind of stuck in the middle of an icky project, I know even at Finley, when I teach faculty writers, I'll say, let's have a 30 day period on this thing. And it's going to be terrible. It'll be like a juice cleanse, but we're going to all get over it and you're going to get rid of that yucky project and get it off your desk. You can do something that you really want to. And most of these faculty, you know, we're talking about the idea that they're picking projects they're passionate about that they know will have the longevity to sustain them. And it does seem, at least when I work with faculty writers at the University of Finley and some writing groups and stuff, a lot of people are like, well, you know, this is this should be easy for me. It was a conference presentation, but it turns out the conference presentation was somebody else's idea or it's a chapter from a dissertation, but they're so sick of that project. They hate it. They can't even bear to like open the box to work on it again and you know, it's it's just one of those things like maybe you just walk away and they'll say, well, I can't have a dissertation, not get a single article out of it or a, cha- you know, a chapter in an edited collection. But yes, you can. I mean, I, I think I got one chapter out of mine and I was happy to walk away because same thing, I was burned out. And mm-hmm. so I try to talk with them about that. Professor Tully must be putting those productivity strategies into practice because she's already working on two other big projects. She describes them here. My second book right now, it's called I Know How She Writes It, tentatively right now. It's um, Parenting uh, Professionalism and Productivity. And it's a time-use diary study of retcomp moms where I basically had them track their time for an entire week and in half-hour slots so I could see when they were writing, how they were navigating the parenting side with, you know, doing the professor side. So that's the book I'm working on right now. And then the second thing that I'm working on is a relationship with a group in London called Prolifico. They do writing productivity software. And so that's my, my new love interest at the moment. Um, I'm really interested in the kind of stuff that they do because I don't feel like writing productivity software has met any of our needs. And I don't think it really meets the kind of expectations that RecComp folks have as a field or the things that we advocate for, like writing as a process. Um, a lot of those softwares work on like a Fitbit model or steps or pages. And this software that Prolifico has, I mean, it works more on project and idea and doing the things we just talked about, like thinking rhetorically and that kind of stuff. For more information about Professor Tully and her work, check out her interview on the podcast Rhetoricity with Eric Detweiler. We'll include a link to that podcast episode in the transcript for this interview. Thanks to Professor Tully for joining us and sharing her insight into the writing practices of superstar scholars in rhetoric and composition.